The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestaryouare.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to Radio's Finest Hour of Power Talk, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, a program of positive books with authors and experts that help you excel in life. I am Cynthia Bryan. I am your personal growth success coach here on the Airwaves with you. And I would love you to pump your energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams through books and positive media. It is such a privilege to be your coach on the radio with you. And out since 1998, it has been my honor to encourage you to greatness. Today you're going to meet uh, a very good friend of mine, another best-selling author, and another type of coach, an executive coach. Her name is MJ Ryan, and she will debut be debuting her time-relevant book, Adaptability, to help us through these days of turbulence and trials. And in segment two, author and illustrator Marla Rothfish joins us with her book, Sensitive Sam, which helps kids deal with sensory processing disorder. And in our final segment, we're going to be going more in-depth with the new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens, and discussing the upcoming Dancing Under the Stars with the book and bands bash so grab a glass of your favorite beverage sit back relax turn up the volume because inspiration insights and tools for living are on the agenda for today well mj ryan is one of the creators of the new york times best-selling books random acts of kindness that particular series which sold uh, millions of copies she's also the author of the happiness makeover and this year I will she's a contributor to the new book be the star you are for teens with her gift of happiness and today she is debuting her newest book adaptability how to survive change you didn't ask for and boy is this the right book at the right time welcome back to the airways my friend MJ hi Cynthia I'm so happy to be with you well I am so excited to talk to you gosh I haven't seen you at season in forever and now you have this wonderful new book out it, it is absolutely the perfect book for what we are going through today i mean the, the times they are changing and we need to retrain our retrain our brains to explore some new avenues with all this turbulence with people losing jobs and can't sell their houses and you know people seem depressed so let's talk about adaptability. How can we bounce back when we feel like we have 
been kind of slammed to the floor or there's no more air in our balls. <laughs> That's right. Well, first of all, you have to recognize that, uh, that something that has happened to you that is a death, so it's a death of, of a relationship or a way of being or a, a minimally a sense of control. We thought we were in charge and then we find out we're not when change comes from the outside. So we need to be able to, we must tend to our feelings while going through the, the, mo, the, the steps we need to take to actually respond to the change itself. So that we've got a two-part process to go through when we're, when we're slammed with change. Well, you are an executive coach, and you've been doing this for quite a while. People might know you. You were um, a publisher and editor at Canary Press for a number of years, and then you've been coaching for the last, what, seven or eight, eight years Eight years, now. yeah. It was adaptability. My, the, the publishing business, I could see the handwriting on the wall. It was changing. It wasn't working anymore, and I decided I better go do something else. <laughs> so but, you know, I isn't it, it's so career. important that we're able to be flexible, isn't it, MJ? I mean, this is what your book is about, is if we decide that we're never going to to change or we're never going to learn anymore, we are actually doomed to, to a death because um, the, the process is changing quicker all the time. One of the ta- things that you talk about in your book is that from the beginning of time until, what was it, the fi- is it the 1500s or the 1800s? Yeah, that 1800s. The what time? 1800s. 1800s. So the 1800s that it was... Uh, that the information doubled, but now it's doubling like every two years, and I've heard people say that it's as much as every few months. Isn't that amazing? I mean, how can we even wrap our brains around that? So none of us can predict what actually will happen in the future. All we can do really to prepare for it, because we have no idea what climate change is going to bring, what the economic situation is going to bring. Uh, So since we don't know that, really the the best thing we can do is strengthen our adaptability, which is the capacity to say what's happening and expanding our thinking to what are all the ways I can deal with this and then uh, which is the best one which is the best route to take. The trick is, though, it's easy to say, oh, this is this really simple three-step process, but especially the first step, which is accepting what's going on, is challenging because of the this, this stuff that we're talking about, these difficult feelings, but also because of our, the way our brains are structured. Well, you talk about three things, you know, the challenge, control, and commitment, and when you were interviewing people for your book, one of the things that you discovered is that when people found themselves in situations where they didn't have any control, they looked to create changes in places that they could. Yes. So it's kind of that we, we really have to... Um, try to uh, to take control of what we have control over, and then we've got to let some of it go. Absolutely. And so part of what um, researchers in resilience have discovered is that in order to do that, we need to focus on a positive outcome. So say, you know, I know it's bad right now, but I, 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 I believe I, we can, it can get better. To be willing to grow and learn and make meaning out of what's happened to us, that's the where we get the control. The control, our control is 100% available to what is the meaning I'm going to make of this and how can I create a meaning in which I'm going to learn something uh, and develop. And the 
the next thing we need to do is to practice gratitude. And it was very funny because I wrote my very first book 10 years ago about gratitude. I know. I was going to say, you are a gratitude guru. I mean, this is something that <laughs> well, you know a lot funny. about. You you speak about gratitude. You've been on gratitude cruises. I mean, yes. And what's funny is that when I went in to see how do we really survive these things that we don't want to happen to us, one of the absolute keys is thankfulness. And the reason is this. It gives us a little bit of an uplift by the endorphin rush, so we feel a little better. They help balance out. It balances out the, um, the stress hormones. And it also makes us remember that while this bad thing is going on, there are also still things that we can enjoy, appreciate, and be satisfied about in the rest of our lives. And that helps us stay in balance and have energy to, to go to keep on instead of just collapsing the couch for the rest of our lives. Well, and you know the other thing that I always uh, my favorite quote is "This too shall pass." Yes, and I know it's difficult when you're going through it. And what, as you say in your book, is sometimes we actually get paralyzed. I mean, we yes, actually can't do anything. We are so paralyzed with fear. Well, that's because whenever we're we're uh, if we're not one of those people who go, "Yay, hooray, everything's falling apart," I'm energized by change. Most people aren't. Some people are though. Um, if we're not, then also, what's getting triggered is our BC brain, which is the part of our brain that we share with all mammals and reptiles, and it turns on the fight-or-flight response. So we end up doing crazy things like being paralyzed. Even though we need to do something, that's the freeze of the fight, flight, or freeze. Or we, <laughs> I met this person who literally told me that he had $500 left to his name, and I oh, asked him, are you scary. scared? How do you I'm really scared. And then I said, well, do you have any options? You know, I went into my coaching mode. Right, right, right. And he said, well, you know, somebody actually said if I call this person that they know, he's got a job and I could probably have it. So I said, great. And he said, well, actually, though, I'm going to visit some friends, and I'll be back in a week, and if it's still available, I'll call then. You know, I, this is the story I was going to talk to you about because that story made you crazy. You wanted to, like, shake him and say, wait a minute, this is a gift. You need to go and grab this now. And all of us on the outside who it's not happening to can easily say this is not a – smart thing to do but he wasn't operating out of his thinking brain it's he was that was the flea part of the fight flight or freeze and so part of what we need to do is why i say change is not the enemy fear is because it when we get the fight or flight mechanism going not only are we tearing down our bodies with a stress response but we're actually diminishing our ability to think about the situation we're in in a constructive and good way. That's why we have to have support when we're going through hard things. And this is why people who do have a wide circle of friends tend to do better. Now, we're talking with MJ Ryan. She is the author of the new book, Adaptability, How to Survive Change. You didn't ask for her website is mj-ryan.com. She's also, also the author of This Year I Will. You, in your uh, book, you have some quick tips for surviving change that you didn't ask for, and I found these to be really, really helpful, MJ, (laughs) because if somebody is like, oh my gosh, I can't even read a book, but I just need some tips. Yes, and you can get them on the website, too, so that's mj-ryan.com. I have them up there, and I also have a change emergency kit that you can download, but so so some of them, what what was your favorite ones of this? Well, you know, I think that they're all really great, but I'll tell you what I love is number four, which is laugh. Find (laughs) things to laugh about. 
Yes. I, I just find that laughter, laughter really does relieve the pressure. And when everything is going wrong, what other, what else can you do but laugh? Well, and again, I, I really resilience. do believe that everything shall pass. And in my book, MJ, and you probably know this about me anyway, change is just another word for learning. It <laughs> is right. just a continual learning curve. And, you know, whether we like it or not, we can't be like your mom who hasn't been learning since she was 45 but doesn't need to. <laughs> we have to keep learning, right? Well, that's totally true, totally true. Well, my favorite one, I, oh, one of my favorite ones is to focus on the solution, not the problem. Again, this is one of those things that's easy to say, but it can be really hard for people to, to do, which is that when something has changed and we're upset about it, it's like, why is this happening? Why is this happening to me? Whose fault is it? Who can I blame or, or feel ashamed myself? So we, we put all of our energy and attention on the problem, which doesn't help us move, move forward. Move a solution. Well, do you think that the reason for that, MJ, is because people are so blinded by the problem, they don't see a solution, so they're just sort of copying out and saying, I can, I'm going to blame and complain, and they're going to find a scapegoat. I mean, it doesn't solve anything. It makes them feel worse. Well, yeah, absolutely. It keeps you stuck. It doesn't help you change. But I think a part of it is that we, because we in this culture worship our left brains, we think rational thinking is always the solution. And in and analytic thinking asks the question, why? Why is this happening? That is not a helpful question when you're moving into the future. The question for the future is what do I want to make happen given these circumstances and how can I do it? Those are the questions we need to Because the why on. doesn't make any sense. You can't, you, that's the why is what you can't control. Exactly. Now, um, another one of your tips that makes just a lot of sense, I think, for a lot of people is to direct your complaints upward or ask for help. I know when I really get stuck and, you know, I, you don't have to believe in this to really go for it. I, you know, I'll just say, I surrender. I yes, surrender. Yes, I remember going. Or I, like you, I'll go out into my garden and sometimes, you know, then the answers come to me or I find a way around something and I'll go over it, through it, whatever. But if I just sit there and push on it and push on it, I don't find a solution. And that's absolutely true. Sometimes you just have to give up and then the answer will pop in. Another is to challenge yourself to be like the Native Americans. They said if you can't think of seven ways to deal with this, your thinking is incomplete. So often when I work with people, I, they, they give me their thing and then they say, well, all I can do is this, or I only have two choices. When you hear yourself saying those things, then I say, okay, I want you to give me seven ways that you could deal with this. And, um, you know, it's a stretch for a lot of people, and sometimes I have to help <laughs> the last few because it's easier to see from the outside. And that's, again, why we need help and support from one another. Well, you know, and I think it's very important that you're saying right now about the help and support. Uh, one of the things you brought out in your book is that many people are so paralyzed or embarrassed by the downturn in the economy or the downturn in their circumstances that they don't seek help because they don't want anybody to know they're going through it. Oh, my God. I, you, you know what? This has been more true than longer. I know because I've been doing a lot of talk radio shows and people are calling in like crazy saying, I know I, I'm stuck and I need help, but I don't want anybody to know the situation I'm in. Or else, here's the famous one for females, I have always been the helper. <laughs> Yes, we're the I've always been a helper, but and so how can I ask for help now? And I said, listen, nature loves wholeness and balance, so it's trying to teach you a lesson that you have to both give and receive. 
Exactly, exactly. And see, that's the thing. I think that um, it's it's probably a little bit harder for women because they don't have this whole idea of oh, I'm going to surround myself and and nurture myself because I want to help somebody else. Exactly. Although on the flip side of that, women do tend to have girlfriends and they do tend to talk more, whereas. Men tend to be a little bit more macho with it. Yes, because women have it in the fight-or-flight response. It's been discovered by researchers who are women at UCLA that we actually have one other response besides the ones we were talking about, which is a hormone called oxytocin gets released, and we have the ability to what they call tend and befriend, which is run to one another and go, help, help, this terrible thing's happening to me. So that's good because we have, that's why we're more likely to seek out help. But the challenge is this. What do we do when we get with them? We moan and complain. Yes. Then, and that's not that good. Just that just keeps us more stuck. Well, um, what about, uh, this one I really touched me, hope is not a plan. Yeah. That was such, a, that was like such a big aha moment with that comment. Someone always came to his rescue and found him something, so he has hope it'll happen again. But hope is not a plan. And I, I went like Yahoo with that one because, yes, we have to have faith. Yes, we have to have hope. But the bottom line is we've got to get up our butts and take action. Both. I think it's, we need, it's a, we need both. And so we do, hope is a tremendous, just like gratitude, it's one of those positive emotions that gives us energy and the ability to, you know, get up in the morning and keep on going. So it's very important. And you also have to have a plan. And that, that you tackle just the way you tackle any change. Would you just you say, what am I trying to get to happen and how do I do the steps of it and those kinds of things, which are all outlined in the book. Well, as always, MJ, another winner. How you come up with winner after winner, I tell you, you are the adaptability oh, queen thank here. Thank you. MJ Ryan, the book is Adaptability, How to Survive Change You Didn't Ask For. Make sure to visit her website where she has all kinds of life-saving tools for you. And that website is mj-ryan.com. Ryan is R-Y-A-N. MJ, I can't wait to have lunch and get together and yeah, find out all the good. latest stuff that's going on. This is so <laughs> All right. Terrific. Take care. Congratulations Bye-bye. with your book. Thank MJ you. Ryan, Adaptability, mj-ryan.com. I'm Cynthia Bryan. When we come back from break, we're going to be meeting Marla Rothfish, who is the author and illustrator of Sensitive Sam. And we're going to go on a journey of adventure that has a happy ending. You're listening to Star Sale. Be the star you are. Back in a minute. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature star-style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7888. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel Where the world comes to talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. My gratitude for staying with me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am Cynthia Bryan, bringing you the authors and the experts that expand your life and help you live more fully. Well, what is sensory processing disorder and why is it affecting one in 20 children? Marla Ross Fish is the mother of two children, including a son with sensory processing disorder, also known as SPD. And she's also an active board member of the Sensory Processing Disorder Foundation, a national organization that assists families, educators, and professionals, as well as children involved with these sensory issues. She is the author and illustrator of a beautiful brand-new rhyming children's book called Sensitive Sam that helps children understand other children who have sensory processing disorder. Welcome, Marla, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Hi, Cynthia. Thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to share my new children's book, Sensitive Sam and SPD, with you and all your listeners. Well, thank you for being on. You know, Marla, until I read your book, Sensitive Sam, I was not even aware of sensory processing disorder or as the um, the acronym is just SPD. Given that it's estimated that one out of 20 young children have problems you know, focusing, learning, socializing because of this disorder. Would you tell our listeners and myself just a little bit more, what is a sensory processing disorder and is it an illness, a, a disease, uh, exactly what it is? And then I'd also like you to explain, if you could, how teachers and parents can identify and better understand this problem. Yes, I can definitely tell you that, Cynthia. This is a very important question. Um, Sensory processing disorder is defined in the technical sense is difficulty perceiving sensation accurately and responding appropriately. So to you and I, this may mean a child either overreacts or underreacts to different sensory stimuli, and there could be behavioral challenges as well. As you had mentioned, one of 20 children 
believe it or not, that's like one in every classroom of 20 children. That is, a, I, I had no idea. That's a really high number. And, and when you talk about this sensory, um, you know, stimulation, are we talking about just bright lights, bright, uh, you know, sounds that are noisy? What kinds of things? What are examples? Well, as as I would um, use examples, I thought it was odd that my son would cover his ears when he flushed the toilet or certain smells that made him sick to his stomach. He had a very difficult time sleeping. He had endless meltdowns throughout the day and night, and it seemed he never really felt comfortable in his own body. And he was so young that we had a really hard time telling what he was experiencing. He couldn't really communicate that to us. And were you thinking that he just had behavior disorders or, you know, behavior problems, or you recognized early on that something was the matter? Well, you know, having my daughter and then having my son, there was definitely a a major difference. And so as a parent, I kind of thought, gosh, you know, did we do something wrong? And you ultimately kind of blame yourself. You feel like you're responsible for what happened. But you actually got to step back away from that guilt and kind of move forward because your child needs your help. So we pursued, you know, getting information about SPD. We saw therapists. We talked to doctors. Um, we talked to his teachers, and, you know, all in all, um, finding the SPD Foundation has been an amazing resource. Now, did the teachers, were they aware of sensory processing disorder? Were they aware that this is what he may be going through? I think, I think they were, and um, luckily this particular teacher really knew a lot about sensory processing disorder, but back about three or four years ago, they actually called it sensory integration dysfunction. And when the teacher sat with us at a conference, my husband and I, and sat and told us that I think your son may have sensory processing dis- or, or sensory integration dysfunction, our jaws dropped. We had no idea what that meant. So we Sounds did scary, of- doesn't it? It was very scary, actually. Yes, right. Well, you know, in your book, you have this lovely little boy, Sensitive Sam, and it starts off and he has a very sad face, and you've done great illustrations on this. And he's with his dog, and what I liked about it is that it's couplets. You, you've rhymed it. So you started, hi, they call me Sensitive Sam. I'm always sad or mad. A lot of things do bother me, but I don't mean to be bad. And that you take it, you take sense of Sensitive Sam through kind of a typical day of all the little things that go wrong that really bother him. Did this come from uh, your own son's experiences? Is this what made you decide to write the book? It did. As a matter of fact, Cynthia, it's a really good suggestion to your listeners who may think that their child may have SPD or any other disorder. It's a great suggestion to keep a journal of your child's behavior, the times they happen, under what circumstances, like what triggered it. The journal then becomes a valuable tool to use for your physician, OT, teacher, and anyone else who comes in contact with your child with SPD. What a great great thing to, to do, a journal. I love it. Now, when you say an OT, you're talking about an occupational therapist. Is that correct? That is correct. 
And my journal actually acted as a resource to write Sensitive Sam. You talk about a sensory diet. What is that? Well, the sensory diet is actually um, a schedule of different types of fun activities. So it's not actually a food-related diet. It's activities. So, okay, when we're in the book here, it starts uh, where Sensitive Sam, the drapes are open, the sun is too bright, and then his jeans are scratching because they're way too tight. And it just seems that he's bothered by everything. He gets cold, he's got his scarf, his, he, he needs a soft scarf before he can go outside, and he doesn't want to use a certain comb because it hurts his, his head. But you, at the end of the book, you talked about a sensory uh, diet that was, um, well, I guess it's just to stimulate the brain. Is that what a sensory diet does? Well, exactly. It's, a, it's an activity plan designed especially for a child with sensory processing disorder. And the diet offers the best combination of sensations at the appropriate level for the intensity for one particular child. They're all, all the sensory diets are different. Does it happen that when you have a sensory diet then that you actually can build up, I don't know if it would be called an immunity, but or your senses so that your son can hear the toilet flush and it doesn't bother him anymore? Is that what the, what the hope is? And, you know, Cynthia, that actually does happen. We did, with my son, we did a lot of firm brushing with a very, very soft brush, the type that you get when you have a baby in the hospital and they give you that little soft brush. So we would brush his body every two hours, and we did joint compressions and various other things. Um, playing in the sand, you know, playing with um, shaving cream, all these kind of different things to help kind of balance him. So when you're brushing the body, that's what to stimulate the nerve endings? Is that what, we're, is that what the theory is there? Well, not clinically speaking, because I'm definitely far from a doctor. I'm just a parent and a mom of a child with sensory processing disorder. But by brushing the legs and the arms and the back and the feet, it really does touch all those nerve endings. And I saw an incredible amount of just calm, uh, very calming and soothing. I was going to say, I bet it relaxed him, right? Oh, it totally relaxed him. Yes. In fact, when I was reading about this, I thought, ooh, that kind of sounds good. Maybe I should start brushing myself. <laughs> Do you know I mean? It okay. like it would be uh, something very helpful. Now, is it, a comp- is it complicated? The, I mean, is it this, has it been a complicated disorder to deal with? Is it something that's ongoing? Um, I, think with, I, I think with sensory processing disorder, if there is early treatment, um, obviously a diagnosis prior to the treatment and therapy, intensive therapy, you will see a difference and your child will progress in a very positive way so that they can live a life with not too many complications. As an example, let me just tell you, when my son was around two years old, he only wanted to be held when it was raining outside. So we would hold him. We didn't really think much of it, but later he was able to communicate to us that he hated when the bottoms of his shoes got wet. Now he's eight years old and happy to say he loves water anywhere and everywhere. 
Now, that's fantastic. So what was the change that happened for that? Was it the fact that you held him and he got more comfortable with the fact that it would be okay that his shoes got wet? I think overall it was just the the continual OT that helped him, the occupational therapy, the home therapy. I'm a really, I'm a true believer in bringing that therapy back to the home. And, um, you know, you go to the occupational therapist maybe three times a week, but you're doing the brushing and you're doing the joint compression and you're playing with, you know, your child so that all these sensations, you know, kind of, they don't seem so difficult to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Marla, do you know or do physicians know what is the cause of this disorder of SPD? You know, I I really don't know if they know that or not, and that's a very, very good question, and that's something if you would go to, like, a website like the spdfoundation.net. I mean, they are the leaders of, you know, SPD. They, they do lots of education. They have lots of research. They, you know, um, they've been doing this for over 30 years. It's an amazing resource of articles upon articles, and um, that, may, that may help. In uh, your book, now we're talking to Marla Ross Fish, and her book is called Sensitive Sam. It's Sam's Sensory Adventure, and it has a happy ending, and she is both the writer and the illustrator. And as you can hear, she is the mother of a young son who has a sensory processing disorder, also known as SPD. And um, she has put him on a sensory diet that has been really effective. Now, in this, in your book, you um, have the pictures of you're going to the occupational therapy, and you know your child is getting help and he's feeling better. And then when he tells his dad that he's scared, and and every day he seems to be feeling a little bit better. Are you finding, Marla, that kids are sharing this book or that kids that have SPD feel better after they read it because they don't feel so alone? I, I, I'm pretty sure about that. We've gotten some really amazing feedback. Kids love Sensitive Sam. Uh, they feel like they can relate to him. Of they course. Can read it. Of course. Yeah, and they can read it easily because it rhymes. Um, it's comforting for kids, reassuring for par- reassuring to parents, and inspiring resource for professionals. And I did add the dog in the book as a fun little bonus for the kids. Yes, because all kids love animals, and I love the page where where you rhymed. You had all the paste in the paper, and it says, "I cut and pasted, I painted, I drew, I even ran around." The OT watched the way I played and wrote a lot of things down. She talked to my parents and talked to me and gave us a list of activities. The list was called a sensory diet, and it would help me with my sensitivities. And what I really liked about this, it was so uh, upbeat and positive, and gave me the feeling if I was a child suffering from this, that there was hope out there that, hey, I'm not a bad child. I, I just needed to be understood. Oh, absolutely. And um, I've had such great support from authors like Carol Kranowitz, the author of The Aldersing Child, 
in Dr. Lucy Jane Miller. She wrote Sensational Kids. They absolutely love the book and refer the book to many, many people. Yeah, and you have, I mean, they gave you such terrific uh, testimonials, too. Carol said that this little delightful book will put a special twinkle in the eyes of special kids as some expresses recognizable feelings before, during, and after therapy, and how true that really is, because I can only imagine if you are a child that is so sensitive to things, life mustn't be very happy. You must feel like, you know, that uh, all the elements in the environment around you are coming down on you. So having a book like this to relate to and shows you that there's other kids out there that have this, I would think that it would make the child feel very connected and, and very supported. And, and I agree with that as well. And, you know, it saddens me when I see children that have SPD and that, um, you know, either their parents choose not to accept it or, you know, label them or teachers label them as behavioral problem children, which, by the way, I think the percentage is something like 70% of children in the public school system are, you know, misdiagnosed. Absolutely, and this is why I applaud you, and I applaud the foundation for the hard work that you're doing, because, you know, we can't label the kids. Instead, we have to get to the bottom of what is making them so sensitive. The name of the book, again, is Sensitive Sam. The author is Marla Roth. Fish, F-I-S-C-H. Please visit the website, www.sensitivesam.com, or you can go to the publisher's site at Future Horizons and go to www.fhsensory.com. That's F as in future, H as in horizons, sensory.com. Marla, an absolutely delightful book. I wish you the greatest success with it. And, you know, bravo for the courage in in writing and illustrating such an important children's book. I think that this is going to be a great tool for parents and teachers, educators, and any guardian of children. We all need to watch out and be helpful to our kids. Thank you for caring so much. Oh, thank you, Cynthia, and I appreciate you having me on the show. It's a pleasure to have talked to you. And may I add one more thing? Absolutely. I totally loved your chicken soup for the gardener's soul. Some of oh, my thank fondest, you. Some of my fondest memories growing up with my dad, like shoveling tan bark and planting trees. It was it was a very beautiful book. So and thank you. And you know, it's my still my my greatest gift is when I get stuck, I go out in the garden and I dig in the dirt because I that's where my answers are. And I'm sure that sensitive Sam would like digging in the dirt too. <laughs> well, again, Marla, thank you so much. Uh, everyone, visit the website sensitivesam.com, and Marla will be in touch. Best of success to you. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style. Be the star you are. I am your personal growth coach and we'll be back in a moment. Please don't go away. More to come. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. 
apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. BeTheStarYouAre.org Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. What are the guidelines for truly effective leaders? The essence of outstanding leadership is not charisma or leadership qualities. It's performance. Executives who are truly effective leaders set goals for their companies, set priorities to reach those goals, set standards and hold fast to them in their own actions and behaviors. Following specific guidelines enables an executive to be consistent. Only when leaders' personal actions are compatible with the goals they set for others and their organizations can they earn the trust of those who must work towards those goals. True leaders make decisions and then follow through on their promise. Excellent leaders don't say, do as I say. They encourage, do as I do. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style with another business bite. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7827. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com. CynthiaBryan.com. You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll free at 1 866 613 1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star. Well, thank you for staying with me. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I am Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the star of your own life. For more information on getting your private coaching session or consultation over the phone, call 925-377-7827 or visit star-style.com. And this is by one of my favorite authors and trainers, Dale Carnegie. If you want to win friends, make it a point to remember them. If you remember my name, you pay me a subtle compliment. You indicate that I have made an impression on you. 
remember my name, and you add to my feeling of importance. Well, how true that is, and that's probably one of the most difficult things to do, is to remember somebody's name. And I know it's something that I'm always having to work on because I, I remember faces, never forget a face, but then when I get the name, sometimes it like escapes me. What is that person's name? So it is so important to just work on that. And like anything in life, the more we practice, the better we get. Well, as you know, every week here on Be the Star You Are, we showcase incredible authors and experts who enhance and inspire your life. And I, I want to just tell a little bit about Be the Star You Are charity for a moment because we don't get to that too often each week. It is a 501c3 that is dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth at risk through improved literacy, tools for living, and positive message programming such as this radio show. The exciting thing is this is the 10th anniversary of the charity. The charity was founded in 1999, and it's amazing that 10 years have gone by. And the, the point was is that there was just an apathy sweeping the country, and as a nation we were growing more accustomed to violence and chaos and abuse and a plethora of negative influences. And our society today needs help. And if you are illiterate, you're not going to be able to get a good job. And in this day and age when we're in these turbulent times and people are, companies are downsizing and people are losing their jobs, it really is important that you're able to read. One of the research factors that we have done at Be The Star You Are Charity is finding, finding out why is there illiteracy. And the number one reason is the lack of access to books because books are considered too expensive. So one of the things that we have done over the years for the last 10 years is have rescued books from publishers and authors who are going to be shredding them or burning them. What many people don't know about books is that if they sit on a shelf at any of the major bookstores for three months or even less, they're shipped back to the publishers. The price is book is, is um, billed back to the author, which is very frustrating as an author. You never know what you've sold. It's called returns. And the publishers, because they don't usually have time to uh, send, give them to charities or recycle them, it is less expensive for them to shred them or burn them. If they shred them, the paper can be reused. If they burn them, it is gone. So Be The Star You Are rescues these books, and then we make them available to other people who are in need of literacy, juvenile halls, women's shelters, homeless population, we give them to children in children's hospitals, in um, care, intensive care units, in foster care. And to date, since uh, 1999, we have now served more than 200,000 individuals and families, have donated more than $1.6 million in resources, and have logged more than 250,000 hours of volunteer time. So I really commend the volunteers who are dedicated to improving the charity. In this year of the 10 year, we're doing something called 10 for 10, and we would love you to make a donation to Be the Star You Are. It's tax deductible. How about $10 for 10 years? You can go to the website, bethestarur.org, and click on the star that says donate. It'll take you directly to a PayPal 
uh, site, and you'll get your tax receipt right there. You'll also be listed in our galaxy of stars, and you will help this radio show continue as well as the book distribution go out to people in need. You can ca- also call toll-free 877-944-STAR. That's 877-944-7827. And, you know, we just really believe that stories of inspiration and hope should be available to everyone regardless of income or ability and believing that information infused with this inspiration has the power to transform and change lives. Be the Star You Are has been dedicated to providing positive role models for youth and adults. Now, to that end, we have a new book coming out that we have been talking about for the last um, few shows, and we will be continuing talking about it every show. MJ Ryan, who was on our show today, contributed the gift of happiness to the book. Dr. Bernie Siegel is also one of the contributors, as is Libby Gill, C. Hope Clark, Shirley Chang, several uh, well-known and best-selling authors. But what's more remarkable is we have 38 contributors besides myself writing the book, and most of them are teenagers, and it is their first time getting published. So it's a book for teens, by teens, and about teens. You can pre-order a copy of the book right now. It's going to be selling for $17.95. And if you would like an autographed copy, you can go to the website and pre-order now. And we're going to be having a Books and Bands bash to launch the book in coming in September. And you, if you're in California, you're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be September 13th. And we're going to be going on the idea of 13 because Be the Star You Are was actually founded on 9999. And so we're going to be having this big party on the 13th. There'll be 13 bands, 13 of the contributors and celebrities will be available to be autographing the books. It's only going to be a donation of $13 to get in. There'll be 13 raffles with literally hundreds of raffle items, and everything is going to be in multiples of 13. So we encourage you to visit the website, bethestarur.org, bethestarur.org, and make your donation now. Corporations and families can buy tables. There's tables of 10. You can become a partner and help sponsor the event. There's lots of pluses that you're going to get, including some radio advertisement included with that and lots of different promotion. And also the greatest thing that's happening that we're very excited about is we have an anonymous donor who is going to match every person's donation dollar for dollar. So if you believe in improving literacy, if you believe in positive media, if you enjoy this radio show and you want to see youth succeed and our teens become the leaders of tomorrow, please make a donation to Be The Star You Are right now. Go to bethestarur.org. I know this is my plea this week to you, but I really wanted to take this time to do it because for the past 11 years, I've been having two to three authors on every single show, every single week without fail, and, and really promoting other people's work. And today, I really wanted to promote Be The Star You Are charity that is responsible for all of this. 
Last week we were involved in the Moraga Community Fair, and we had about 25 young volunteers all doing wonderful things for kids. They offered mask-making and and face-painting, and they sold lavender for Mother's Day and fresh lemons, and they went around and talked to people, and they did uh, paint a pot and plant a seed, which was a metaphor for planting the seeds of literacy, and they sold good books. And it was just very, very refreshing to see all these young kids involved in wanting to read to kids, to encourage kids, to help kids be leaders. So, again, be the star you are.org. And then while I'm talking about leaders, I just wanted to give a really quick shout-out to uh, the volunteers at Be The Star You Are and our, our, our outgoing leaders and our new incoming leaders. For the past couple of years, we've had an amazing teen chair peer person, Sujin Park, who is going to be going to uh, NYU coming up in the fall. And, you know, all of our teen leaders have gotten into the colleges of their choice and have always won different awards for leadership. And I think it's because their dedication to giving back and making a difference in their community and in the state and in their, in their country. So we have new leaders coming in. We'll be having a new office teen leader. We have two book review leaders. One of the great things that Be The Star You Are does is we take children's books and we review them, and then they're posted on websites. To date, the kids have reviewed about 450 books. We also partner with The Reading Tub, and you can see more of that at readingtub.com where, again, all these kids' books are reviewed. We also have a fabulous audio program called Reading Spells Success, where we have volunteers who are voice actors that will read children's books. And for a donation, if you are an author with a children's book, contact us. You can contact me, Cynthia, at BeTheStarYouAre.org. And our voice actors will take your book and put it to music and great voice, and it is then uploaded to our be the star you are radio.com website under reading spell success with photos and you can have your children listen to the book so you can turn on your computer and you'll have a book an audio book right there we also have our distinguished guest program so visit starstyleradio.com and under be the star you are we're just doing a lot out there in the community whether it is with families or women or with uh, with other uh, youth. So right now our focus is on Be the Star You Are for Teens, that book, and helping our teens be the leaders that they need to be for today and for tomorrow because they really are our future. Again, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. And just as I have a couple of minutes to go, and, and uh, Marla was talking about how she really loved the book Chicken Soup for the Gardener Soul, and it is a lovely springtime, and I've been out in my garden just really getting ready for summer, finished planting my vegetable garden, and I just thought in order to be healthy, perhaps you really want to grow what you enjoy eating. And why don't you let your favorite cuisine be the guide when you plan your garden? What you can do is if you love salads, you can plant your salad greens and radishes and carrots. And you can plant basically at any time, but what's key is the soil. You know, I, I write a column for the La Mirinda Weekly called Digging Deep, Gardening with Cynthia. And this week I did a column called Talking Dirt. 
Yes, I'm talking dirty. Here we go. But the, the point is, is that if you're going to garden, you really have to amend your soil and make sure that you have good dirt. So one of the easy ways to find out what kind of dirt you have is get a quart-sized jar, fill it with um, about uh, two cups of dirt, and fill the rest of the jar up with water. Let it sit for 24 hours. Shake it up, first of all, and then let it sit for 24 hours. And after it sits, you're going to see how the dirt is separated, and you'll see whether you have sand or silt or loam or clay. Once you know the kind of soil you have, then you can amend it properly, and you'll want to add compost, and you'll want to, you know, add probably some good chicken manure, but you can see whether it's acidic or alkaline, and then work from there. It's so important in this day and age to to grow a few things, and even if you live in an apartment, it's no excuse not to have some herbs on your windowsill. You could grow a a basil. You could probably, if you have enough sunlight, even grow a, a tomato vine or so. But right now, buy seedlings from your garden center. It is convenient, and you're going to be healthier and happier. And when you're healthy and happy, life is better, especially in these bad times. Well, I want to thank you so much for being great listeners and allowing me into your life each week. Make sure you are tuned right here every week with me, Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth success coach for the expert advice and fun and success from the renowned authors around the globe. Just know that you can change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style Productions, or if you would like some coaching, whether it be for media or acting, writing, or presentations, visit my website, star-style.com, or call me at the studio, 925-377-STAR. Again, the charity is bethestarur.org. Please make a donation today. It's so easy. One button away, press to PayPal. Or you can call us 877-944-STAR, and we can't take Visa or credit cards. May there be peace within you today. May you trust your highest power that you're exactly where you're meant to be. May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith, and may you give the gifts that you have received and pass on the love that's been given to you. Be content knowing that you are a child of God and let this presence settle into your bones and allow your soul the freedom to sing, dance, and bask in the sun. It's there for each and every one of you. And as you go out into the day-to-day, remember there's never been a person who's walked this earth with your exact combination of inborn and acquired strengths, weaknesses, and skills and experiences. You're one of a kind. You are you, and you are the star of your own life. Take a look in the mirror and admire yourself. Until next week when we celebrate, remember I'm Cynthia Bryan, and I'm encouraging you and thanking you. But go out in the world and be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. We'll talk next week. Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about Be the Star You Are Nonprofit Corporation, please visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. That's BeTheStarYouAre.org. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Enjoy a stellar week. You're a seeker, a dreamer, with courage to give. Every special part of you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. 
the World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.